0: You are listening to the award-winning Monday Madness Sports Talk. This is Noah Festenstein talking all the latest in Chicago sports and beyond. From baseball, football, hockey, soccer, basketball, mixed martial arts, I got it all. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the madness. So now, since the NBA and NHL seasons are over, it's all about baseball. This baseball season has really, really made me respect more teams in the league, and uh, I'm actually kind of surprised about those teams. Whew, this UFC 276 card looks really good. Oh, back to another edition of Monday Madness Sports Talk. My name is Noah Festenstein, talking all the latest in Chicago sports and beyond. So let's get us going tonight with episode 233, all the way from Harper College Radio to Radio DePaul Sports. And always online on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Here, recording in the beautiful suburb of Arlington Heights, Illinois. On June 27th, 2022. Talking all that you need to know about Chicago Sports. At least. What you may not know, I don't know, it's been a minute, it's been a while, it's been a second, whatever you kids call it nowadays, it's been a while since the last episode of Monday Mana Sports Talk, and I am super thrilled to be back here tonight just talking sports, keeping it simple as always, however, as you kind of maybe notice Every, like, two or three months I make changes to the show, it's because it's evolving. The this, this show is always evolving, whether or not it's a month not recording or whatever. Monday Madness is always going to be there serving your Chicago sports needs. And whether I live here in Chicago or out in Kansas or wherever, maybe Finland, I don't know, somewhere, I'm I'm still going to be talking Chicago sports. It's in my blood. Anyways, uh, it's just really nice to be back, and uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, which was recorded on May 9th, uh, well, I don't know how long ago that was, it's June 27th, so that's a month and a half uh, of no Monday Madness Sports Talk, but uh, it's back, but in a new schedule, uh, as I mentioned in the last show, I have made some recent big life changes, and I didn't realize how stressful and time-consuming those life changes were going to be. And uh, I- I'm kind of ashamed, to f- being quite honest with you, that I didn't plan out Monday Night Sports Talk better than I should have. And I admit it. It's okay. I, I-, I admit my mistakes. But you know what? It's back. You know, I've always had like the um, saying: the longer you're away from something, the special, more special it is when you come back to it. Whatever it is in life, that's why I love opening day baseball. That's why I love going to a theme park when I haven't been there in a while or whatever. You know, it's something that always means a lot to me when I come back to the show. It just feels more, much more special. But Monday Man of sports talk with me, it's always special, no matter when I do it. Uh, but yeah, so the schedule change is now every other week, so every two weeks, uh, it's going to give me the chance to really amplify the content presented to you and really expand the content, if you may say, because... There's so many different types of sports fans, so many different types of opinions and sports, even for that matter, that I can prepare to cover in a span of two weeks. You know, a lot of the times when I did my weekly schedule, not as much in college radio, but here is a podcast when, you know, real life happens I work. I, I, you know, have life outside of the microphone and it, things can get a little tough and especially for the past month and a half, it has with my new position at Journal and Topics Newspapers, talking about every other beat other than sports, and I love it. And I'm not afraid to admit it, is I love covering other things in sports. It keeps my mind on real-life occurrences. You know, sports is a really, really... Sports means the most to me. But at the same time, societal issues, and me having to cover that, means just the much more. And it's very endearing to cover that stuff. So a lot of my mind has been kind of away from sports the past month and a half. And now I'm kind of trying to get back into it via the podcast, via Monday mass Sports Talk. So um, that's, that's really where my life's at. Just making sure my time is spent the right way. And I feel like doing it every week was a little constricting. So uh, unless otherwise announced, there could be a show once in a while, that happens a week after one other previous show, or every three weeks, or... But it's all going to even out at the end of the day, and uh, it makes me more excited to come back to the microphone. So, uh, with all that being said, let's get to what we're going to talk about today. It's going to be three sports in particular. Baseball is back in full swing in the middle of the season, and... Uh, I haven't haven't talked about a lot and in the span of the month and a half of watching baseball highlights and other games, I've really actually made some favorites and I want to talk about my favorite baseball teams from this season so far. Um, Beyond Chicago, it's hard to talk about Chicago baseball right now, but I will have to swallow the sword and do it. So we'll talk some Cubs. We'll talk some White Sox, and then we'll move on, and we're going to move on to NBA, NHL. Just my synops- synopsis synopsis, of the season itself. Talk about the Stanley Cup Finals last night. Avalanche took it home and have won their first Stanley Cup since 21 years ago. Um And then, of course, the Golden State Warriors, NBA champions. Of course, Seth Curry getting his fourth ring. And, um, I don't know, was it a surprise to many? If it wasn't the Jazz, or I thought it was going to be, like, the Miami Heat or something. But if it's not any of those two, it's probably going to be the Warriors. And if not that, definitely the Celtics, because they really did play their heart out in the playoffs. Uh, We'll talk about that. And then, uh, to finalize the show tonight, we're going to go into UFC 276. And Israel Adesanya and Jared Cannonier at the helm of Saturday night's main event. Uh, we'll get into that and much more here on the 233rd edition of Monday Mad Sports Socks. Thanks for sticking around and coming in and uh, being patient because we're back, baby. We're back. Welcome back to the madness here on June 27th. Talking all the latest in Chicago sports and beyond. So let's do it. Bringing me into this one is Miss You, the N-V-O-Y remix. All right, so talking about baseball, uh, I might as well since it's two weeks out of the next episode, uh, kind of, like, pick my all-stars for this year. Talk about the teams that I think um, deserve to be in the place that they are. Because there are some teams that I'm like, all right, I could get behind them. Uh, except the Astros. I'm going to, that's, No. Drawing a line there. Uh, that's the one team I'm, like, never going to try to like. But uh, I said that about the Yankees, but uh, I'm going to start off with them. Uh, they are arguably the best team in the MLB right now. Uh, and I don't even think it's close. Maybe besides the Los Angeles Dodgers, but even them have been a little underwhelming. The Yankees are 53-20, and 11 games in front of the next team in the division, Boston Red Sox. 11 games in front, nearly only halfway in the season. That's nuts. So, especially in an AL East that I said at the beginning of the season, that is going to be a strong division. And they still are. But they're so strong that the strongest team is the strongest in the league. And that's unfair, because you got teams like the Rays, Blue Jays even, and the Red Sox can emerge, of course, being over 11 games behind in the standings, and now they're feeling obligated to fight for a wild card. That's kind of how you have to feel at that point, Uh, but some players are like, nah, I'm not going to feel that way. And honestly, the Yankees are known to, as an organization at least, to let things go a little bit as the season progresses, but... um. Even that, every good team that starts off with an above 700 winning percentage will have a, a little dip in the season. They're going to slow down, but uh, when you're 11 games in front, it's it's hard to kind of slow down too much. You know, you got to slow down at the other times when teams are speeding up for you to kind of give up a lead like that. So I can't really imagine the Yankees losing the AL East. Um, talking about them quick, you know, it's hard... And, Not to love a team when you have Anthony Rizzo on it. He's the one guy I really miss the most for the Cubs. Um, And I love seeing him thrive there. I think that the Yankees are taking very good care of him. And that's exactly why, not exactly, but a big reason why I have more respect for the Yankees organization. Uh, it's a it's a winning organization and that's a lot of the reason why people don't like them is that they win win-win and you know what that's the part of sports you win and you know the fan base is also at the the heart of those um, dislikes for the organization you know what every fan base has a bad fan base but he, but Yankees have proven time and time again, um, that they can be a little rude. I think earlier in the season um, is a great example, and I talked about this actually a couple episodes ago, uh, was when uh, Cleveland was in town in the Bronx and uh, fans were throwing bottles and and everything on the field, uh, putting players' safety at risk. So, you know, but when I look at the team itself, you know, when you they're performing and when they're, working like a real winning organization you can kind of feel the energy emitting off of that team and that's kind of how i feel about this yankee squad Uh, i love aaron judge's you know emergence if you may say yeah he's making a case for mvp rizzo doing rizzo things sorry i just hit my pencil with the microphone (laughs) Um, and all that you know I think the Yankees was the one team I was looking forward to talking about today and uh, I, I said it at the end of the season I hope that they're in the middle of the the standings and you know what sometimes I'm naive like that and can't really baseball is that one sport you can't really know until it happens and it's happened so far this season um, so yeah definitely shout out to the Yankees for one of the first times ever here on Monday man sports Stock There. are one of my favorite teams, also, you know, Nestor Cortez is one of my favorite pitchers. Matt Carpenter's new uh, personality with this team, and uh, it's a team that comes together, uh, and, and I really like it. There's really not a bad person on this team, besides I don't know, Aralda Chapman isn't the greatest personality, but I can't hate on him because he helped the Cubs win a World Series. Uh, so, yeah. Anyways, no hate for the Yankees today. Finally. You have my blessing, New York and the Bronx. You do. And you know what? I'm not regret saying it. But uh, as long as you're not the Houston Astros, that's all that matters. We're going to go on to the AL West while we're on that topic. Astros are indeed 10.5 games in front. I am predicting this right now based on what we saw this past week in the Astros-Yankees series. We're probably going to see those two in the American League Championship Series. And uh, I'm going to look back at this audio clip when it hits middle of October, and I know I'm going to get that right because it just doesn't seem like uh, any other team is as powerful as those two. Unless a team from the AL Central emerges through the Wild Card Series like maybe the Red Sox can really um, give the Yankees or even that of the the Astros some resistance, um, but I can't really imagine other another team being first seed in the American League other than the Yankees. Um, but the Astros not going to go much into them. They're obviously first. It seems like the Angels, being that they have uh, went on a thirteen game losing streak, firing Joe Madden in the process. Uh, I had high hopes for them, and then they just went really, really, really down in the dumps too quick, and uh, and it put a bad taste in my mouth. Not gonna lie, because you know, I, I I really feel for Mike Trout and uh, Hack Anthony Rendon on that team, uh, and of course Shohei Otani, who can't even make it to the playoffs, being the best player in the past twenty years, in my opinion. I think Shohei. I think up until Ken Griff- Ken Griffey Jr., I think that Shohei Ohtani is the the player of this generation. Aside Mike Trout, you could say the same thing for Mike Trout. And the fact that they're both on the same team and the Angels can't even come close to even being over five hundred is very sad, very sad. And uh, I really feel bad for Angels, um, Angels country. It, it's just not. You, <sighs> It goes to show how much of a team sport baseball is. Let me put it that way. Because you have to all around be cohesive with pitching, with defense, with uh, putting the bats together. I think the Angels are the epitome of why baseball is a team sport. Uh, so we'll move on from that into the American League Central. We got the Twins up top two games in front of the Guardians. And five and a half games behind them is the White Sox. The White Sox are out of the woods. If they could squeak things a little bit and then come firing out after the all star break, I am all for them making a comeback. But compared to the rest of the American League, this is not an easy task. It is not. The White Sox kind of remind me of the uh of maybe a little bit of the Angels, if you if if you may say. Uh but they also kind of remind me of um what the what the in? Uh, not the, oh, I almost said it again. The Guardians did last year. It's like um, now the Twins kind of started to uh, reemerge, but uh, the White Sox need to win games when the rest of the division is losing, obviously. But also they need to win games and stay healthy, and also not have a manager that um, doesn't think half the time. And I was—I wasn't doing a broadcast at the time that this happened, but I just cannot believe Joe—not Joe, uh, Joe Madden—even though he probably would do that sometime. Uh, Tony Larusa walked a man with two strikes. I've never seen that happen. Um, but in all regard to this White Sox team, as now we're kind of delving into this Chicago side of things as we start in the American League, is. The injuries, and I've said it again, and I'll say it again and again and again, it's you have to have a constant roster throughout the entire season to find chemistry, to find that winning method and rhythm. You can't have that when most of your guys are injured. The only bright spots in the White Sox organization right now is Jake Berger. He's been hitting home runs. He's been doing everything he can to stay on the right Sox roster. I mean, look at his stats from this year. His batting average is relatively average, but at the same time, his impact is beyond what average shows. His 251 average doesn't reflect the impact he's had on this team. And you also look at his home run count, eight home runs. Uh, And even times And now Johan Mankata is back, Jake Berger is outperforming him. And you thought that there would be other players on this team that should be the bright spot, but there isn't. And I'm fine with it just being Jake Berger. He's my favorite player on the White Sox, honestly. Uh, it's, It's tough to see it. And the inconsistencies with this White Sox team from coaching, from player health to the offense that can score maybe 10 runs in one game and then zero in the next while giving up eight runs or whatnot. Um, And, yeah, I want to (laughs) – this White Sox team should be top five on average for most st- stats in the American League, and they're just not. They're just not, and it's funny because like you think that having the best closer in the in the league matters too, and you can't even put them in half more than half the time because you're not even in a closing situation at twenty five percent of the time. I think that's the stat I think there has never been I think 20 to 25 percent of the game so far at the White Sox they've been in closing situations and even some of those times Liam Hendricks blew the save so that kind of is misleading when you see a guy in the name of Liam Hendricks not performing Um, I think another small bright spot is Johnny Cueto coming in, even though his record is like one and three or something. He's, you know, make he threw a gem his last outing and he he's looking good. Dylan Cease is another bright spot. You can always expect a great outing from him. Uh, There's been moments of Luis Robert. There's been moments of um, Jose, but he's showing his age. Uh, Josh Harrison has been playing pretty well. Danny Mendek was a great, was playing the best baseball of his career up until he just tore his ACL. Another reason why this White Sox medical staff needs to kind of look at themselves in the mirror and be like, "What the heck is going on?" Um, it says Danny Mendek's in the 10-day IL. That is not correct. Um, Eloy Jimenez, I think, is making his rehab starts, which is good news um but other than that yeah it's just there's you know you look at the ranks the only thing that the white Sox are ranked first in in the league is looks like um what's that stat it's not showing me the stat uh caught oh (laughs) oh whoops they're like Number one in the league for like the worst stat possible. One of the worst stats possible on baseball reference. They're number one in the American League for caught stealing. That is hilarious. Uh they have been caught stealing two times, even though that's this a weird stat. I don't know how I just got that. Um but they I'll go i I'll go over Cubs rankings and see where they rank with that and, and look at the numbers. Um, but yeah, they're not top five really in much other than um, strikeouts. Yeah, they're top five in strikeouts, that's for sure. That's not a, a place where you want to be. They, The whole team ha- has what? 548 total strikeouts throughout the season so far here on Monday, June 27th. Um, they are ranked third in batting average, which is 252 as a team, not bad. Um, the heck, hit by pitch, they're ranked third with 35 players being hit by a pitch. And other than that, yeah, they're third in hits too, 621. But what are you doing with those men on base? Is the question. And now they rank, um, 10th in the American League for runs scored in 294. So if you're third in hits and 10th, um, in out of 15 teams, and you have a differentiation of seven teams in, in between that, it's not a good look. Because if you're putting men on base via hits, and you're only scoring 294 runs, that's a stat overlooked. you got to, got to get your men on base through home plate. That's the name of the game. Uh, and the White Sox are just not doing it. Now, let's turn our attention over from the White Sox to the Cubs. Let's look at what the Cubs' team stats are. Not good, as good as the White Sox, but that says a lot. Um, They rank nearly last in home run count with 102 home runs. Uh, They rank third, though, in um, shutouts, which is their best stat. They've... And I've noticed that. I mean, when the Cubs have good games like the other night against St. Louis in St. Louis, they shut out the Cardinals. Like, those are awesome to see. Like, there's games like like the Cubs won two out of three in St. Louis. Like, these are so misleading because I know that the Cubs are not like this. I know that. But when they have these games, it's fun to be a Cubs fan because I really like it when they beat teams like the Cardinals, teams like the Braves in the defending World Series champions, uh, and when they do that, they really show what they can do. Uh, big news, though, coming up. Cubs will have sh- – uh, not show. Hey, I wish. Um, Seiya Suzuki, uh, he will be back um, from the injured list soon. I think he's starting his rehab start this week. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes. And um, uh, I think the biggest um, – Silver lining, if you may say, from this season is Keegan Thompson. Uh, he's really, really, I mean, at the age of 27, he's making a name for himself and really raising his value at the right time of his career. So um, I'm really happy for Keegan. He's got a 3.1 ERA uh, through 16 games, and his win-loss percentage is 778. So uh, that is something to kind of look at and be like, dang, man, you know, this is – this could be the start of something special, and you got going to have to notice that. And maybe when you have nothing else to appreciate on a team, you appreciate the little things a little bit more. And um, I think that goes to any team. If If you, re- if you root for any sport, and your team's just not performing. You really understand and notice more the little things that make you happy. Like just a simple win makes you happy because those are rare. They they don't come by very often. Or um, you know, a goal, a really cool goal was, was scored, or a home run, a 480 foot bomb from a guy who plays on a 35 and 40 team in the Angels. Like when show like that's a great example. Like Shohei Otani, when he hits a a, a bullet to right and it makes highlight reels you know you appreciate those little things even though the team's not performing well and that's kind of the what as a Cubs fan this year is what's really making me appreciate the team more than other people is that when we do have these wins and the Cubs or at least the Cub, not we and there's I'm not a part of anything when the Cubs get these wins as a from the fan base we we as the fan base really appreciate that Even though we know that the next day probably might not be the same. And we know at this point the expectation level is obviously not making the playoffs, but appreciating things that our players do the best. And I like that. I like the way that that mindset works because when you're losing, you can still win in something. And that's a testament to life. Even though you're not winning at your job or in relationships or whatnot, you can at least take something out of it and, while you're losing, win in the process. So, you know, sports have taught me that, you know, especially when I wrestled in high school, and I'm not afraid to say it, I wasn't that great. I really wasn't. Um I was on varsity for most of my years but at the same time I felt like I needed to be disciplined in a different way and I didn't discipline myself. And I understand f- through the weaknesses that I've had through sports and the struggles that I've had as an athlete has helped perplex me to the human I am today and the mindset that I carry especially as a sports analyst. Um and a journalist, of course. Um but yeah, you know, as a Cubs fan, heck, I've I've learned so much being a Cubs fan through so much heartbreak, through so much angst until the 2016 World Series, and then more angst after that because of the Cubs not meeting expectations. I know how all these feelings feel, and that makes me feel like I'm a stronger person through it. Um, so that's nice. I think that's a really good testament coming out of baseball. Um But with that said, I'm running out of time for baseball, and I really did kind of want to talk about my all-star selections. Um, But throughout the rest of the National League, let's just push through it. Um, We've got the uh, Milwaukee Brewers up top, the Central. This is going to be an interesting Central Division besides the Cubs. The Cardinals and the Brewers might be fighting throughout for this the entire rest of the season, and then the rest of the Central Division isn't really a threat Uh, then you got the West and the LA Dodgers who have a game and a half and I'm sorry, two games in front of the San Diego Padres who have been hot of late. So San Diego, um, let's see it. I want to see San Diego win. It's, it'll be interesting. Uh, New York Mets, they're losing some steam a little bit. They're 47 and 27. They are, it's not really them as much losing steam. It's more of the Atlanta Braves picking up the steam. um, And then the Cubs kind of cooled them off a little bit by going two for three, by winning two of the three that they had against them, uh, after them going on a a double digit winning streak, or I think it was seven. I don't know. But the Cubs broke it, and that made me proud. See, again, little things. You know, the Cubs are not a good team, but when they break a World Series reigning champions, uh, win streak, it's something. Um, So that's it. That's the standings, and then. The rest is history. San Francisco Giants is the other notable at 39 and 33, but six and a half games out. Just more competition. I think the standings are starting to show their true colors, but the highlight of the MLB right now has got to be this Yankees team. And this is where I begin my uh, all-star voting. Uh, I do this every year. I'll go online and I'll uh, vote for the all-star ballot. Um, And I never do it off. Uh, off mic I just literally go online all right I'm, everything's in front of me let's talk about the American League first who's going to be playing first base uh right now it seems like Jose Abreu is leading the charge I don't know how the heck that's happening um uh, but he does not have my vote uh actually no it's uh Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in first and he's got my vote and that's not even close Ty France of the Seattle uh, Mariners are uh Uh, is first, but he's got a 316 batting average. There's no way that he cannot be playing in the All-Star game with that stat. Um, That's a really good average at this point of the season. Um, Luis Arias has a 346 average, and Arias is having having a great season with the Twins. Um, But yeah, Jose Abreu does not have my vote this season. Vladimir Guerrero all the way. Um, Heck, oh my God. Fudge Nugget. I forgot about this man. Anthony Rizzo. I literally just said five seconds ago that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. all the way and then I just see Anthony Reza and I'm like I forgot he's in the American League now why am I doing the well okay this is a hard one already the first position that I'm voting for is the hardest position um gosh I can't do Anthony Rizzo. I can't. I can't. I can't vote for his 223 average and 20 home runs and him in a Yankees uniform. I think he's going to be in the All Star game. I just don't think he's going to be a starter. Um, I'll vote for him on a better day, but I'm still going to have to go with Vlad. Um, Vlad is just Vlad, man. He's he didn't even play in the All Star game the other year, and he was only in the Home Run Derby. So he, I think he deserves some clout and... I mean, I want to see Anthony Rizzo go in so badly, but uh, I'm gonna stick with Vlad on this one. Let's go to second base in the American League. Actually, you know what? Let's just let's just switch off first by position. So I'm gonna go from the American League to the National League um, here. So the uh, National League, um, Paul Goldschmidt's in first place, um, but since he's on the Cardinals, he would technically get my vote. But I I just love Freddie Freeman, man. He's got my vote any day of the week. Um, so I'm going to pick Freddie at first base for the National League. Uh, I think it's at Dodger Stadium, so why not? Let's um, uh, talk about second base. Jose Altuve's got the first place vote. Santiago Espinal currently is in second. Um, but uh, let's see here what the other options are. Um, Andres Menez is a 315 average. Um... I don't really know as much second base in the American League, but um, I'm going to pick you, Jorge Polanco, of the Twins. He's got a 245 average, 729 OPS, seven home runs. Uh, I want to see some twin. Jorge Polanco is a good player. I think people underestimate him. Uh, let's talk about National League second baseman. Um, it's either between Chaz Chisholm or Ozzy Albies for me. Ah, oh, man. This is another hard one. This is probably the hardest one so far in the National League. Uh, I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose Chaz. Chaz, overall better stats, but also just from a human being standpoint, this guy's fun to watch. Uh, I yeah, Chaz Jism Jr. is gonna be in the All Star Game, no doubt, uh, as a starter in my eyes. Um, Alex Bregman for third base in the American League. jammer Candelaria got Rafael Devers. But in first place, and, and the guy who's got my vote, is Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians. Fudge, I said it. Gosh, I knew it was going to happen again. Cleveland Guardians. Gosh. Noah, get yourself together. All right, got to speed this up. National League, um... Third base, I'm going to choose Manny Machado. Uh, it seems like he's just been consistently too good this season. Uh, I, I got to choose, yeah, Manny. Give me Manny. Uh, Tim Anderson for shortstop. He's got my vote for the White Sox just because of his 339 average. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. I really like him in an all star game. Bo Bichette is in first right now, and Tim is in second, but. Uh, I'm going to stick with uh, with Tim. And if it wasn't for anybody else, it would probably have been for, um, let's see, really no one else. But I really do also like Isaiah kiner Fluff of the Yankees. Um, he's kind of coming out of nowhere. So uh, we're going to go with Tim Anderson for shortstop in the American League and in the National League. Um, it's going to be Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, Fernando Tatis, even though Tatis is injured, so we can't really vote for him. I'm going to have to go with Trey Turner. His stats don't lie. 316 average, 10 home runs. You can't really ask for anything better of a shortstop. Uh, All right, so now catcher starting the American League. Alejandro Kirk is the hottest player in the American League right now. He's got a 323 average. He's first in the voting right now, and I'm not surprised at all. Normally, Salvador Perez is in this list, but he's got a .211 batting average. Um, but Kirk, he's got my vote. Uh, Alejandro Kirk has just been lights out this season. Uh, but uh, catcher in the National League. It's between Travis Darnot and Wilson Contreras. Contreras is first right now, and he will get my vote. I just need one cub in there. Just give me one cub. That's all I need. Um, American League... Uh outfielders, um, they're ranking them first through sixth. First, uh, top six, George Springer, Giancarlo Stanton, Mike Trout. He's going to be one of my votes. Um, who else do we got? Uh, let me see. Scrolling down too. F- Actually, when I select people, it takes out the voting. Interesting. Taylor Ward is in fifth. Um, let's see. First place is Aaron Judge. He's got my vote. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm I'm getting a good idea of who I want in the All-Star game. And then you got Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in sixth. Um, I don't want to, I want to vote for one outfielder that's not ranked currently. And that outfielder for me is Randy Rosarena. So I'm going to pick Randy on this one. Uh, and then we're going to go to, um... Eloy Jimenez, no, he's injured. Aaron Judge is my vote. And then, yeah, I, I, I we got to go. Yeah, we got to go Mike Trout, naturally. He's got 22 home runs right now. He's, he's unstoppable. All right. National League All Star game players. Um, not really many good options. I mean, Jock Peterson's in third. Starling Marte is in fourth. Adam Duvall in sixth. First place right now is Mookie Betts. He'll get a vote for me. And Ronald Acuna Jr. So I'm going to get Ronald in there. I'm going to get... Um, it's funny. I see Lorenzo Cain on here, but he just got DFA'd by the, by the Brewers. That's funny. Um, let's see here. I'm going to vote Ian Happ. He's had an All-Star-esque season. I think he will be in the All-Star game, in the All-Star game per se. Um, I would say Seiya Suzuki, but he just hasn't played enough this season. I am going to go with then um, Brian Reynolds. That's a weird vote for me to do. Uh, Brian Reynolds, yeah. Let's do that. I want one Pittsburgh Pirate in there just for the fun of it. Uh, okay, so let's look at my uh, votes, review picks. Should I do a Raiden player? Some random name. Uh, Babe Ruth or who's that guy who threw a no-hitter on acid or was it? L- it was LSD. Some pitch. Who was it? Doc Ellis. That's what it was. Doc Ellis threw a no-hitter after a night of an LSD trip that he was still tripping on the morning after what a legend threw a no-hitter that game um so here's my uh he's 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 the real all-star here uh American and National League um here's my votes so I got Vlad Guerrero at first Jorge Polanco at second Jose Ramirez at third Tim Anderson at short Randy Rosarena in the outfield as well as Aaron Judge and Mike Trout and at catcher is Alejandro Kirk Freddie Freeman at first base in the National League going down to Jazz Chisholm at second. Third base, Mandy Machado, shortstop Trey Turner, Ronald Acuna in the outfield alongside Ian Happ and Brian Reynolds with Wilson Contreras at catcher. So that is my all-star votes. That is my baseball for today, highlighting it with the Yankees, talk some Cubs, talk some White Sox, and some current standings, kind of catching up. That was a big baseball segment, wasn't it? But we're going to move on. We still got more show to go, and uh, I'll have a smaller segment talking and catching a synopsis on The NBA and NHL season coming up right here on the 233rd edition of Monday Madness Sports Talk. We'll see you in a second. Stay tuned. Welcome back to The Madness here on June 27th. Talking all the latest in Chicago sports and beyond. This is Poison from Lost Boy and K-A-L-M. Bring me here to what is the combined segment of NHL, hockey, and NBA basketball. Uh, We'll just start with what was most recent in last night's victory to win the Stanley Cup for the first time in 21 years is that of the Colorado Avalanche beating the Tampa Bay Lightning and what could have been their third straight Stanley Cup championship has now become their first defeat in the Stanley Cup Finals since, uh, I think, 2015 against the Blackhawks, if I'm correct. Um, uh, Let's see. Let's see here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, We'll... uh, figure out who played in the finals um I have actually all the years as to who played in it and who won um let's see here it's not showing me whatever whatever freaking wikipedia what have you ever come through with for me anyways um Great series, I thought it was gonna be, but it turned out to be kind of dominated by the Avalanche. And uh, the Avalanche weren't really out of any other game besides Game Three, and I'm not surprised by that, being that they were up two nothing. They were kind of like letting go a little bit, understanding that they're gonna like feel the energy that is Amalie Arena in Tampa Bay, and kind of like all right, taking a deep breath, let's push these games now. And then they ended up winning in overtime. uh... And Game 4, Game 5 was another loss, but uh, that was uh, in a later stage of Game 5. And then Game 6, of course, they were like, all right, let's get this thing over with. And they did, and that was last night. So I'm very happy for this Colorado Avalanche team that um, really, really worked hard this season. I think from day one, the Avalanche were just the most dominant team in in the Central Division and they didn't let up. It was one; they were a consistent team all season, and no necessarily big um, injuries that was um, basically recorded. I, I, I'm like, I'm happy for this team. It's just I think this is also the indication that we're in a new era of NHL hockey in which new teams are emerging as the better teams, Um, I'm still waiting uh, for the next Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup, Uh, and that was the Montreal Canadiens in 1993. It's been 29 years since a Canadian team has last lifted the Stanley Cup. So I'm waiting for that to happen. And it always seems like there's a Canadian team that makes it to the Final Four, but never comes through. There has never been a time in my life that the a Canadian hockey team won. It's that's crazy. I don't know if there's like a, a curse on Canadian NHL teams, but uh uh it it's honestly that, that stat actually surprises me a lot. I I it's it's not just one-team Stanley Cup drought. It's a whole-country Stanley Cup drought. And the fact that also the Avalanche, it took them 21 years to get a, another cup. It's taken all Canadian hockey teams 29 years and counting to win a cup. But who's going to be the next team? I thought it could have been the Maple Leafs this year, but who who could count on the Maple Leafs in the playoffs? Am I right? Um, and then... You know, <laughs> who else? Like... I would pick to, like, be that team to make it. I mean, really? There weren't that many great performing uh, Canadian teams this year. Um, Western Conference, most notably, uh, you saw the Jets out of playoff position and five other teams in the United States making it. Calgary Flames were, like, first in the division with a 50-21-11 record, and they still lost early on in the playoffs. And the Canucks, they've had their chances Uh, And the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers are second in the Pacific. And yet, uh, I mean, the Pacific Division was kind of toast at the beginning of the playoffs. Um, But that's it. And like I said, the Maple Leafs, second in the division in the Atlantic. So my point of the matter is, is like, when's the Canadian? Who's that next Canadian team? It's got to be the Maple Leafs. Somebody's got to give. That's crazy to me. Uh so that's not uh, kind of like my sad of the day. No Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup since 1993. Um it's just nuts. But uh all in all, great hockey season. I had a lot of fun watching the NHL playoffs. Um I always have fun watching the finals, and uh that's usually what I put on my TV in the background, uh whatever I'm doing the night of. So um really happy that um got a chance to watch it throughout this past week. As I'm settling into my new apartment in Chicago, um, so uh, we'll kind of just see how that goes. But that's really the synopsis. I mean, talk about the Blackhawks. I think the Blackhawks being this Chicago sports talk show. It is um, there is Blackhawks news. Uh, the Blackhawks did hire a new head coach, Luke Richardson. He's got some. Uh, he he's got some experience and. Um, I'm excited. You kind of like the first coach really since Joe Quenville that isn't coming with already from within the the Blackhawks organization. King, Colleton, both of those guys came from the Ice Hawks. they uh, affiliate. And I'll talk about the AHL in a second. I gotta give credit to where credits due. Uh give me a second here, but uh yeah, so the new One of the newer general managers of the Blackhawks organization, Kyle Davidson, announced the move last Monday. Richardson replaces Derek King, in which I think he should still be a coach for the Blackhawks. I, th- I think he, sh- he deserves a place on the roster. Um, so in last year's sem- Stanley Cup uh, semifinals, Richardson took over on the bench for a lot of those games, and he won a couple of those games. So it's, it's nice to see... Richardson getting that playoff experience and he's got experience in rebuilding players. I think this is a good choice for the Black Hawks. Um, but it, you can't really know until it happens, so kind of have to wait and see how it plays out. But um Da- Kyle Davidson said in a release, "Luke shares our vision and goals for the future, and he will have an opportunity to build an environment and culture of high performance, hard work, and high accountability." Now, the key word in that statement is accountability. I think that's the thing that lack has lacked in this Blackhawks organization for a very long time, even through the Stanley Cup runs. You know, Th- through the front office, through the organization, and. Um, Some of the scandals that even happened this past year with uh, um, sexual assault and everything of that nature, like things that are happening beyond the ice. Um, You have to really be accountable for players, coaches, and front office actions. And I really like that Kyle Davidson said that. It made a difference to me when I first read that a few days ago. And I want to talk about it because I really think that it, it's it's almost like a mission statement. And I think that it gives me confidence when that is said. But it's easier to say it than do it, as the old adage goes. Uh, so you have to be accountable for everything that happens. You've got to be accountable for your players. you got to discipline action. And you have to to really stick to the playbook and stay focused, stay cohesive. That's what hockey is all about. It's one of those team sports that, you know, requires persistency and passing and, and, and all of that nature. So, uh, new, new coach, Luke Richardson, he's 53 years old. Um, He's got the know how. I think he's got the energy. This guy. He also looks like you look. At this guy. He he looks like a hockey coach. I don't know. Whenever you look at like a hockey coach, you know that this guy's a hockey coach. Um, that's so just funny. So yeah, that's the biggest news of Chicago. Uh, I don't know what they want to do with Tays and Kane. Uh, I mean, I'm not really high on them as much as I, of course I used to be. They already served their purpose in the organization, winning games for them, and they're gonna be in the Hall of Fame. Both of them will be. Uh, so let's you know i'm not afraid to move on from them so i think the focus now moving on for this blackhawks team because of luke richardson now being that guy who shares those visions that the front office sees and goals for rebuilding in the future he could be that right guy now it's the time to start developing young talent and um heck it can happen within two years this this uh, Black team could really start to emerge and be uh, a contender again. It, 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 hockey can be like that. You get one year, and it happened this year. Montreal Canadiens, like I said already, they were in the semifinals of the Stanley Cup last year, and all of a sudden, boom, they were last place in their in their division this year with a negative ninety-eight goal differential. So um, Richardson actually played in the NHL. He's a defenseman. Uh, he, he had 35 goals, 166 assists, in 1,400 games. Um, he did play his first NHL game at Chicago Stadium uh, on October eighth, nineteen 1987. Fun fact there. All right, let's go on from the NHL. Not to the NBA, not yet. Let's go from the NHL to the AHL, American Hockey League, the affiliate, because I never got a chance to cover the entire playoffs or talk about it. And I haven't even watched one game this season, so don't like take everything I say too too much for granted. But um, the Chicago Wolves are Calder Cup champions, and I am not surprised that they won it. They were so dominant from point A to point C this season. Um, I, don't, I barely even know anybody on that team, but I've been a Chicago Wolves fan for a long time, and they're and they play in Rosemont. It's like five minutes from where I work. And at the journal on topics, and the energy was palpable with this team this year. They weren't really much of the talk of the town very much, but they stayed consistent. Um, but I do got one criticism for this team. They got a bit of an ego. I, mean, I saw <laughs> during the Stanley Cup, st- uh, not Stanley Cup, the Calder Cup celebration, one of the players flicked off the fans, and I think uh, the goalie Leon, if I'm correct, um, freaking threw ice at a fan. Like, come on, guys! You won a Calder Cup. That's already uh, insulting enough for the other team. You won the Calder Cup. Just, just, just chill. You don't have to flick fans off. Like your who was it the other day in the MLB that flicked everyone? Hugo. Gosh, Hugo needs to stop barking. You see, you can't be like Hugo. You can't be flicking and barking people off. You can't. Anyways, that's my quick little congratulations to our local Chicago Wolves. I was there in 2008 when they won. uh, I think it was against the Scranton Penguins they beat in 2008. Scranton, the home of Michael Scott and uh, Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. Uh, Okay, so let's move on from hockey to the beautiful sport of basketball. And I got to tell (laughs) you. Oh, woo, woo, woo. That's what you sound like, Hugo. (laughs) Um, He's going to bark again, so don't be surprised if you hear that in the background. Uh, This is what happens when I come back from the city to go do my podcast. This is what I deal with, you know? But you know what? It's worth it. Um, So, (laughs) To basketball, you know what? I said this, especially when I started covering DePaul basketball. I have such more of an appreciation for the sport than I ever really had in my life, and that just continues to grow through college basketball, through NBA basketball through watching players like Steph Curry consistently hit three-pointers and for players to make history. And, of course, for not having LeBron James finally in an NBA playoffs. You know, I enjoy the little things. And um, it was fun to see the Bulls' season this year, and I've already talked about them as their season ended. So I'm not going to reiterate anything. You can go back to episode 232. I had some talks about that, uh, so no need to worry. And uh, we'll look forward to next season. Um, Bulls had a nice, uh, I think they had uh, the 18th overall pick, if I'm correct. Um, but right now, the big talk of the town is uh, if uh, Zach Levine will choose to resign, does he see this team as a potential contender? And if he doesn't, who else would he want to sign with? I think the Bulls should give him a deal. Um I don't see why he shouldn't be on this team. Even if he does leave, I don't know, man. I think that this Bulls team would still be a playoff team, but uh, it just it wouldn't taste right. You want a guy like Zach Levine on this team. It, it, you, you, you need to see the consistency because of what this Bulls team has built this past season. Why not give Zach Levine a, a nice contract? Maybe have another three years or something so that even when he does leave the team, he's still got some steam left in the tank. Uh, I think that's where we, we have to kind of think about when we w- consider Zach Levine's re-signing with the Bulls. But um, he did tell teammates, according to Bleacher Nation, uh, that he does see the Bulls as his first choice, and I'm not surprised by that. Like, why wouldn't they be there, his first choice? Um, so that's kind of like my two-take on it. Yeah. Um, the number 18th pick overall with the Chicago Bulls this season is Dalen Terry of Arizona. So nice to see that the Bulls are always kind of picking up some solid guys in the drafts. So when you only have 58 picks total, you gotta pick your guy. Um total meaning all teams, not just one team. Um but that's the point. If you have a number 18 overall pick and you have guys to work with at that point, you you still have flexibility. I don't I've always said even in my fantasy football drafts, I like drafting eighth. I don't like feeling the pressure of drafting earlier in the draft. The only picks I want is number one through three and the rest I could just deal with. But like it gives me breathing room. I don't know. It just it's like a it's a comfort level for me when drafting. Like I see a team have cover they they have they don't feel pressure of choosing the quote unquote better player. They get more, quote-unquote, what the team needs. And I think Dalen Terry might be that guy for the Bulls. So we'll see. We'll see until he plays. But honestly, I didn't say that same thing about Io DeSumo last year, and look at how he performed this year. Unbelievable. So, um, nice to see that. Um, and then finally, I really kind of like to finalize this segment with the NBA, and it is Golden State. Once again, four rings. Can't complain. Um, you, you can't ignore the greatness of Steph Curry. Uh, you can't say that since he's won more rings than LeBron, that he's better than him. People say that. And I'm like, no, that rings don't really constitute that unless you're Michael Jordan. Uh, but I totally contradicting myself there, but it's Michael Jordan. We're talking about, come on guys. Um, so that's kind of that for basketball. I mean, I really don't have much else to say. Those are the big Chicago news is Zach Levine staying in Chicago? Um, will this team kind of stay together? How will this work out throughout the rest of the season? Um, that's Those are the questions that need to be asked, and uh, I'm pretty confident in answering them because, honestly, I know this Bulls team. I think that this Bulls team will re-sign Zach Levine. I'm not worried about it, but even if that doesn't happen, God forbid, they still are in a decent position and even that, freeing up space to sign another big time-free agent. Honestly, re-sign Zach, F- sign another big free agent. That's it. That's the solution. Then you're set. All right, now we're set with NBA basketball and also NHL. Uh, a nice segment there, nice small segment. I really like how long that took. So we'll move on to UFC 276. We got MMA mixed martial arts coming right at you here on the 233rd edition of Monday Man Sports Talk. Hugo's loving it upstairs. I know he's barking his uh, pleasure for the sports talk, and I am too. So we'll get rights to it for UFC 27, uh, 276 coming up right now. Welcome back to The Madness here on June 27th. Talking all the latest in Chicago sports and beyond. And we have reached the last segment of the day today. This is home of Peter Kierman and Jordy Davis. Bring me here to the UFC mixed martial arts segment As we are upon what could very well be the best card so far in 2022. Um, it is going to be Saturday night. Uh, at the Las Vegas metropolitan arena. Oh, (laughs) see Wikipedia added again. Tell me some screwed up stuff. It's at the T-Mobile arena. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> Israel Adesanya against Jared Cannonier for the middleweight championship of the world, and then also featherweight co-main event, which honestly for me is the main event. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway the third. Cannot wait for that fight. Um, and then Sean Strickland versus Alex Piera uh, at middleweights, that's the middle fight. And then another fight I'm really excited about is Pedro Munoz against Sean O'Malley. Uh, really good matchup there. But uh, just announced, actually, is uh, Lauren Murphy and Misha Tate canceled. Uh, that was supposed to be one of the first fights of the card, but now it's canceled, so now we're just awaiting who's going to replace that. But uh, looking at the preliminary card, looks like there's a couple of suitors for that replacement. We got Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone. It was supposed to be, um, let me see here. Uh, Donald Cerrone has had his last two fights canceled. It was supposed to be against Joe Lawson. It was funny. So UFC 274 on May seven. Donald Cerrone was supposed to fight Joe Lawson. That got canceled because Cerrone had, uh, food poisoning. Donald Cerrone was supposed to fight Joe again, but Lawson hurt his knee, I think, in training. And now he's out of it. And now Donald Cerrone will be fighting Jim Miller in the prelims. Uh, so just weird, really weird. And I'm just like trying to wait when this last fight for Donald Cerrone is going to be. And I feel like the reason why the urgency is there and why he might not be fighting Joe Laza now is we want to we want to get Cerrone's last fight out of the way before he gets too up there in age and he just gets too tired and like you know what, never mind. But I, I, Donald Cerrone is not even that guy. He's a tough dude. And uh, I can't really imagine him kind of backing out of any fights, even if he's like 60 years old. Um, So another good fight in the prelim card is Robbie Lawler and Ryan Barbarina. That's one I'll be watching. Uh, We also got lightweight matchup, Brad Riddell and Jalen Turner. Um... Early prelims, even that is pretty good. <laughs> Uriah Hall will be fighting Andre Munoz, Jessica I, and Macy Barber. That's a great matchup. Um, gosh, there's a lot of fights that I got to tune in early for. Um, but the, my main fight is going to be Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to, like, relay back to the last fight that they fought. Um, last fight that Max had was... I believe November 20 it was in November 13th. He fought Yair Rodriguez beating him by decision uh, in five rounds. Max Holloway also fought Calvin guitar and beat him by decision. And then in 2020, it was Alexander Volkanovsky beating Max Holloway by decision in what was a really good fight. I mean, that fight saw um, over a hundred total strikes thrown by both men and uh, the only big difference was Alexander Volkanovsky's wrestling in that fight, when winning over three takedowns against Max Holloway. Uh, Max also fought Volkanovsky at UFC 245 uh, December 14, 2019. Volkanovsky winning that one by decision. Again, um, Volkanovsky's wrestling efforts and strike count won him that fight. But a lot of people thought Max Holloway won it. But uh, if you look at the stats, it kind of was the other way around. But if you're also um, judging by rounds, you could say Max Holloway could have won that fight. Um, That's what makes this fight interesting. Um, Some people have this coming in one and one. Some people have Volkanovski winning it to nothing, of course. But uh, Holloway now, he's that fighter that knows how to adjust. But how real is he at this point of his career? Uh, He's 30 years old. Has he passed his prime? I don't know, but he's still young. He's got a lot in the tank. Can he show anything off against Alexander Volkanovsky? I am wondering that, and I'm very curious as to what's going to happen in this fight. Um, Volkanovsky, on the other hand, he's coming in hot. Uh, He's amongst probably the top three in the world, considering pound for pound, uh, beating Brian Ortega. Beating uh, the Korean Zombie most recently. That was uh, USC 273 in April, early April. That was when uh, Volkanovsky fought last. Um, So uh, now all of a sudden he's fighting again. This just goes to show how tough this man is. Uh, So right now I got Volkanovsky winning that fight on Saturday night, but I would love to see Max Holloway in the comeback. I'm just, you know, just from an analytical standpoint, it seems like Volkanovsky's at the best point of his career, and there's really just no stopping him. Um, I think Alexander Volkanovsky's best point of his career is better than Max Holloway's best point of his own respective career. Um, and I feel like that's what maybe separates the two. Uh, okay, so now moving on to the middleweight main event, Israel Adesanya against Jared Cannonier. I can't really imagine Israel losing this fight, but also at the same time, Cannonier has been waiting for this fight for a very long time. It seems like he's got a game plan. Uh, I think Jared's uh, wrestling and maybe some uh, technical striking on the feet. He will look bigger than Israel Adesanya. Uh, he's got um, he's he's not gonna look bigger. He's just gonna look older. I mean, Israel's got four feet on him, but in terms of build and stockiness, Jared's got that on him, and he's got a seventy-seven point five inch reach, and that's a two and a half inch difference below Israel Adesanya. Um, so, yeah, um, those are the fights that I'm really looking forward to. Pedro Munoz and Sean O'Malley uh, will be the bantamweight scrap in this one. Um, I don't know. This this fight's really interesting, but Sean O'Malley's got my vote in this one. Um, but don't be surprised if Pedro wins. If Pedro wins, I feel like the, the hype for Sean is going to be uh, kind of deteriorated. Uh, But we'll have to see about that. Uh, I want to know what happened with Misha Tate here. Um, What happened with... So Laura Murphy and Misha Tate uh, has been postponed as of, it seems like, eight hours ago. Um, They'll still fight each other. It's not this weekend. Um, I guess... uh, this was according to COVID-19 protocols, I guess that's what the UFC announced today. Uh, that's according to MMA Um, I'm, that seems pretty straightforward to me. It just, I haven't seen one of those in a while, which is interesting. I mean, I think I can end the show on that. Um, this COVID in and of itself. Um, you know, it's obviously it's still present. We're still in a pandemic. It's, it's hard to think that we are when we've been in it for so long, but, uh, um it's very real still very something we got to be cautious over and um but a lot of the stuff a lot of the really crappy stuff going on in this world right now um it's kind of masking the pandemic with what what happened on Thursday in the Supreme Court um i i'm not going to talk about it on the show but uh it's 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 a lot and it's affecting many lives and many people's trust in this country and I really think that it does have an effect on not just people who, you know, pay attention to all of this, but people who don't. People kind of, I don't know, there's a lot going on in this world that's masking coronavirus. And I um, still believe it's still out there. So, I mean, that's why it's surprising to see a UFC fight get canceled um, because of COVID. I haven't seen that happen in a while. I don't know. Like,. Like, heck, baseball games haven't even been canceled or anything has been canceled because of COVID. And I haven't really seen players leave because of COVID, or at least not reportedly. Um, So that being said, uh, that is all I got for you today, my friends. Um, I'll get more into UFC in a couple weeks as the fights go on, but I'm really looking forward to a really good UFC weekend. And also in a couple weeks, um, I think one of my favorite events – that will be free at an ES, well not 10, it's ESPN Plus, so it's not free. Um, at the O2 Arena, Curtis Blades and Tom Aspinall in England. Curtis Blades, Chicago's very own, Saturday, July 23rd. Uh, I don't know what my schedule for the show is going to be during that time, but uh, I hope that I'll be able to talk about it because this fight and Patty Pimblett will be on that card too uh, alongside Darren Till. So it's a, it's an English card, if you may say. Uh, which will be very interesting. Um, also, Molly McCann, of course she's on that card. Um, anyways, that is it. That's all I got for you, my friends. This has been the 233rd edition of Monday Man of Sports Talk. Um, had a nice long 30-minute segment on uh, baseball. That is going to be the highlight of what's to come over the next couple months here on Monday Man of Sports Talk, which is over, probably over the next four episodes um and then yeah basketball nba nhl stanley cup finals talk some ufc talk some words of wisdom but uh, overall i hope you guys enjoyed it so thank you so much for tuning in on this the episode of june twenty seventh, twenty 2022 233 for that matter thank you so much for tuning in and i will see you guys in a couple weeks